Hi, I'm Jackie Tantillo, and this is Should Have Listened to My Mother. Before introducing this week's guest, I want to remind my listeners it's because of you and all the support for Should Have Listened to My Mother podcast that we are a 2023 People's Choice Podcast Award nominee. You got to understand the perspective with millions of podcast listeners voting for thousands of podcasts should have listened to my mother, made it as a nominee. And I got to tell you, we really, really appreciate your support. It is just so much fun to have this show building and building. And we're trying to come up with some different ideas uh, for the fifth season coming up in 2024. So thank you very much. And don't forget, you can find us wherever you listen, even on YouTube. And please like and subscribe. And best way to spread the word is word of mouth. So talk it up with your friends. All of us have meaningful stories when it comes to our moms. But it's what we do as individuals with our lives, either because of or in spite of our mother, that intrigues me. Janice Wiggins is a mom, jazz singer, host and founder of the podcast and 501c3 nonprofit organization called Sheltered Journey. In her introduction to Sheltered Journey, Janice explains that it's a place where parents and caregivers of children with emotional, behavioral, developmental, and intellectual challenges can go for help anytime, anywhere to feel less alone, less isolated in their journey. And what I especially love about Janice's podcast, Shelter Journey, is that for those who do not have a child with special needs, she invites us to become more educated, sensitive, and aware of families' needs with children with these challenges. When you hear Janice's voice, there's two things that you'll understand. Firstly, why she's a jazz singer. And secondly, As you listen to her podcast, her tone, phrasing, and her specific choice of words will set you at ease and give you hope that there is a network out in the world that is there to lend help and support. It's such a pleasure, Janice, to have you on. Should have listened to my mother. Thank you, Jackie. Will you sing a song for us? I'm on the I bet you have plenty to <laughs> sing and shout about. So in a little while, we're going to get more into the story. You are the mom of a teen daughter with severe emotional and developmental challenges. So we're going to get into more of that story in just a few minutes. But first off, we want to find out a little bit more of your mom's influence in your life and who you are today. That's a, that's a loaded question, Jackie. (laughs) Wow. Um, My mom is very influential in my life. My mom is alive. She is 91 years old um, and still has a very active life. She swims almost every day, lives out in Arizona with my sister in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, My mom was um, a pioneer, I would say, in terms of, although she was born, she was a depression baby, she was born in 1932. 
Um, from my earliest years, my mother did yoga every day. My mother meditated every day. My mother um, just was on this health and spiritual spiritual journey um, that I think is part and parcel of her making it 91 years and still going strong. I bet. Um, yeah, she was she she continues to be um, a health icon for me um, in the sense that um, I say to myself these days, you know what? The big joke used to be if you want to stay at a dinner table forever, eat with my mother because she <laughs> eats so slow. I mean, just so slow that we would have friends over the years that just would get up in frustration, like, oh my God, can anyone eat any slower than this woman can? But I have I have to say that because of my mom, I have learned to sit down and eat slowly and savor my meal. I'm gonna say I'm just learning now. I wouldn't say I've listened to her in my 60 years prior, I'll be 60 in a couple of weeks, but that is one of her greatest lessons to me. Your mom's name? Marion. Marion. I'll heed Marion's tips yeah. and advice because <laughs> I I don't eat very slowly. So at times I try. Down, you, know, it's like, <laughs> you know, you're standing over the stove eating it or you're right. putting it. I mean, I make a plate and everything, but I don't sit down. I'm right. doing 15 different things. But that was, you know, something that she just never wavered from. <laughs> never. And all of the years... Uh, that she has been my mother. She has always been the slowest eater in the room. Well, that's okay for everyone listening. We're all going to try and jump on the Marion bandwagon of, of that's slow, right. slowing that's down. Right. There's mm-hmm. no rush. The kids may or may not be around, but you know what? We can take a couple minutes to eat our meal. Absolutely. So. All right. So she's a health nut. She reminds me of my mom, my mom, Linda. Mm-hmm. So was she there teaching you? You mentioned a sister. Are there other siblings? So I have an older sister, Kim. Uh, my mom had two daughters. And um, I I don't know that my mom's health, healthy aura rubbed down on both of us until we, we got older. <laughs> And started to experience arthritic bones and all the things that come with aging. And then we we said to ourselves, you know what? Meditation, that's kind of smart, huh? Every morning, my mom meditated. Every morning growing up. And now, even when she would come stay with me, um, I would walk in six in the morning. She would be silent meditating. So, you know, it's, it's, it's good things that we both need to and continue to learn even at our age. Yeah, I'm all for that because there's always more to learn. So tell me a little bit about where did Marion grow up and what was her childhood like, things like that. Do you know anything? My mom grew up in Port Chester, New York. She married for the first time. I think she was she was pretty young. She was around 17 or 18, and that didn't last. And then she met my dad, and they were married for about 15 years. Um, you know, one of the things I want to talk about is what can impact a childhood is growing up as a African-American woman uh, uh, in 1932 and growing through the 
extraordinary racism that she had to deal with. And, and I remember many stories she would tell me about her life. And one that always stuck out to me was that um, when she gave birth to my sister, that she they had put the black women in one ward with no air conditioning or anything. There was the and the non-black women were in another ward. And so, um, you know, my mother is full of stories of dealing with um, in your face and subtle racism. So that really colored, um, you know, our lives. And um, she was very interested in what our roots were. This was before Alex Haley had the book Roots. And, mm -hmm. you know, we, she was so interested that uh, along with my dad, we moved to the continent of Africa. Um, first, we went there for about six months when we were in kindergarten. And then we settled into Nairobi, Kenya, and we were there for about two years. And the plan had been, my mom's plan had been, to stay there indefinitely uh, because she was that interested in getting back to her roots and reconnecting. Um, but I think as the time went on and my parents' marriage was uh, falling apart, my dad really never joined us there. Um, so we ended up coming back to the States, but my mom took two little girls and moved to a different country where we didn't speak the language. She started her own um, uh, travel agency. It was it was an agency that that was um, more booking safaris, and she had these. Uh, she had a fleet of those Volkswagen buses, <laughs> and she took folks into on safaris. I mean, this is my mom by herself building this business. It was called 14 Falls Tours. I'll never forget that. And, and this was the 70s or 80s? This was the 70s. No, this was the 70s. And, um, you know, I didn't appreciate it at the time because for me and for my sister, here we were, we had all these friends. We were in kindergarten, first, second grade. And then it's... We are pulled up, uprooted, and we're in another country. Um, and my mother wouldn't let us go to the international school <laughs> where they spoke English. Um, and when we where we would have had some touch of our upbringing in the States, she had us go to the local school with the local children so that we were exposed to all different types of lifestyles. I mean, I would see kids come to school and they didn't have any food to eat. They might have had just maybe a tomato to eat and that was it. There was nothing else. And um, I may have not learned the lesson then, but I know it now. It was a very important lesson to see how much we had and how other people didn't have that. Um, but as a result, I left Africa. I left, well, we lived in Tanzania, and then we lived in Nairobi, Kenya. I, I left speaking fluent Swahili. I bet you did. She yeah. was brilliant, of course. Yeah, she, she really was I something mean, else. <laughs> obviously, right at the time, you didn't appreciate it, but wow, that's remarkable. Oh. 
Mm-hmm. Hmm. So how old were you when you came back to the States? I, you know, I, I think I was around eight wow. when we came back. That's like a whole life already, right? Yeah, it many was. Many lives in one life. And many lives. And when, when, when we came back, my parents' marriage was just in shambles. Because as I said, my dad did not come with us. He stayed in the States. My dad um, worked for 60 Minutes. He was a sound engineer for 60 Minutes. And and even though this is a story about my relationship with my mother, <laughs> my dad, um, as the first Black sound engineer for 60 Minutes, my goodness, there were so many pressures coming on his end. And so for both of them, it was really stormy when we got back to the States. Yeah, I can imagine. Is your dad still alive? No, my dad died in January of 2023, of this year, yes. And did they have a civil relationship at all, or was it hostile? Not at all. Nothing? Not at all. (laughs) Not even for you, for the girls? He wasn't existent in your life? No, my dad um, disappeared from our lives um, shortly after we came back into the States, and he started a new family and i didn't reconnect with him until uh, maybe it was a good 25 years hmm. later well we're gonna 25. have to have you back for that story <laughs> on, my, <laughs> on my other podcast <laughs> um okay so your mom is clearly strong or she very strong she didn't i'm sure she fumbled stumbled but she kept moving forward. Um, Absolutely. Did that translate to her every day-to-day behavior with you, or was she completely under duress? Was she warm and fuzzy? No. My mom, you know, one of the things my mom would say to me is, she would, my mom was a very physical person. She would hug you. She would kiss you. She would say, I love you. And she would say, I want to do these things because even though I know my mother, my grandmother, didn't do these things, I wanted to give them to you. So, you know, my mother crossed over and was able to show more physicality than my grandmother did, which was beautiful. But um, one thing that we, you know, a a major thing we didn't really connect on was just... um, I was the type of kid that wanted to talk about everything. I wanted to peel back the onion and reveal the layers. And if you listen to Sheltered Journey, you can see, you know, the kind of person that I am, that I'm, um, and that was not my mother's thing. My mother did not like to, does not like to peel back layers, does not like to um, go deep on things that may leave her feeling vulnerable. Is it because of pain and hurt from her past that she doesn't like to open old wounds, or it's just hard for her to express herself? Well, I can't speak for my mother, but I would say it's probably a combination of both. Mm -hmm. You know, I think of life as being pre-Oprah and post-Oprah when it comes to <laughs> how we express ourselves. And I Thank sometimes, you, Oprah. <laughs> right. You know, I think of my mom as coming around, you know, pre-Oprah. And so, like, there, you know, this was not a time where people expressed their vulnerabilities um, and their the things that they really worked on. It was just 
you know, I am your mother. I have provided this home for you. Your dad is not here, but I am. Um, and that's just kind of, you don't question anything. I did the best that I can. And, and I get that. I absolutely understand that. But for someone like me who needed more, it was tough. It was very, very tough to have a mom that I could not really talk to about the deep things in life. I really needed that. And I don't think to a certain extent, I don't think my sister was as needy as I was in that sense. And, you know, my sister would often say to me, oh, my goodness, you just want to peel the onion, Janice. You just want to keep going deep, go deep, go deep. You want to figure everything out. And she just wasn't like that. There's nothing wrong with that either. Right? We're all different. Well, we're all different. Exactly. And so I... And don't want to. And so I, you know, I spent a lot of years in therapy and I'm very open about that because, you know, you talk about the ultimate peeling of the onion, it's therapy. So, um, but I think that that's where my mother, where our paths um, were very different was in going deep and really talking about the why of things and trying to understand the why and taking ownership for things that have happened. So she had to come back to the States and provide for you? Did she have to go to work right away? She she did have to go to work right away. There is a, there is, you know, there are, there is bones of contention between my dad, whether or not he provided support or not. He, to his dying day, said he did. And my mom said it was partial or none. So, and honestly, it at the stage- matter. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't. I mean, like I said, I'm almost Fall 60 years old. the bridge, babes. I think we can move on from there. Right. But um, I think that my mom had, you know, she was a very, is a very strong woman and did some pretty amazing things. Um, and my mom was this very shining, bright light um, very, very, could very easily talk about her accomplishments. But when you are the child of a mom of such a bright light, you have to sometimes dim your light because there's only enough light to go around. Um, and that was kind of my feeling growing up. It was, um, you kind of stood back and didn't take too much attention on because she often, needed to be the center of the attention. Hmm. Does your sister feel see it the same way? I, you know, we've had talks about it, and I think that she sees it in a similar way, but she was so different than me. She would say, you know, Janice, you just got to tell her mom enough. <laughs> enough. <laughs> I, enough about oh. you. I'm going to talk about me now, mom. Well, that's the difference of two sisters. And she could do that. I'm beginning to learn that it's better to say something. <laughs> it's hard enough as an adult, let alone a child. So that's yeah, a great it, lesson. Yeah. She was just, and that's where we were different. She could just, you know, really just kind of shut my mom down and say, okay, enough about you, mom. Now we're, you're going to hear about me. And, you know, my sister would often say to me, well, that's what you got to do. And it just was not me. It wasn't who I was. It wasn't how I... Um, connected with my mother. Now, can you do that with other people that you meet up with in your life? Are you comfortable saying, enough, 
I need this is what I'm doing and I no. I mm. would say I have a tendency to avoid people like that when I, I I feel like I can, you know, given my background with my mom, I can sniff them a mile away and I can <laughs> see, I can listen to what they're saying. I'm a big listener and I can really usually what I, I just don't engage. I mm. sit back and I will listen. Um, but I also will observe how many questions is this person asking about me? Zero. And, <laughs> and I can tell you, I've met, I've gone on many a date where that's been the case, but where yeah. <clears throat> they haven't asked a lot about me. But just it's kind of like I just don't engage. I don't. I don't feel like that's a friendship that I would want to build on or a relationship that I'd want to build on. Well, I guess you have to thank your mom for you being aware of that now, right? Absolutely. So, you know, these lessons are often hard, even as we um, mature in life. Oh, yeah. So, um, And I would thank her also because I'm the first one to ask about other people, and I have to make sure that I switch the conversation to me. And the closest friends that I have in my life are the ones who have said, okay, Janice, now it's time to talk about you because mm -hmm. I know how to shine the light on other people, but I need to work on um, sharing more about me. So yeah, that's that important. I'm, I'm sure I'm guilty of that as well. My mom was like that. She could lift anybody up, up on top of a mountain, right? Right. But that when it came to herself, probably um, not as significant. But again, we don't always learn these lessons when we're younger, right? And it, and it takes some time. But um, it sounds like your mom, good or bad, uh, certainly set the the table for you to become who you are today, which I absolutely, I absolutely love. Absolutely. Ab she absolutely did in a word or two or three other than her strengths and did she have a sense of humor how do you how would you describe her i know she was driven she had a lot on her mind my mother i would describe her as as my mother could get along with anyone that's what i would say my that's mom really interesting really has a real warmth about her um, and, um, she, I think that's, I got that from her, just being able to talk with anyone. My mom is, 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 was real cool about that. Um, so yeah, I think that she is, she is, she's a, she's a pretty amazing person. You know, I will, our, our, our connection right now is not a great one. We have limited contact. But um, I think that, you know, my mom in many ways is an amazing woman. Yeah. I mean, for so long, I I would hear these horror stories of moms, whether abusive or, you know, physically, emotionally, mentally, whether because of drugs. And, and my guest still would say she did the best she could with what she had. And I'm like, are you kidding me? But and she did. She, uh, my mom did. Yeah, my mom absolutely did the best she could. She, she and and it took me a lot of years of therapy though to 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 be to able to say that to be able to say that, um, you know, I for for very long just thought if I had just been a better daughter, 
then this would have all worked out and she we would have had a closer relationship um and now i'm just learning to say this is the relationship that we were destined to have that's great don't blame yourself first of all that's not going to help you feel better, right? Or solve anything well, or change anything. Well, it's not, anything. but it's it's a go-to for me and a lot of people, unfortunately, is to blame ourselves. But that's um, And it's, you know, that, that's why we do therapy and yeah. we try to work <laughs> through these things so that... You can um, come to where you are today. We can, right? exactly, exactly. And you're helping so many. So it's interesting. We talked about um, you and your sister's relationship with your mom. Mm-hmm. And now you are helping so many moms with yeah. their children who have these challenges, whether it's emotional, behavioral, developmental, intellectual, and the mm-hmm. individual topics, because you label each episode of Shelter Journey based on a specific topic. So parents with specific needs or they're trying to learn can find them easier in your series since exactly. you started in 2021, I think, August of 2020. In April of 2021. Yeah. So to know and, and hear how you explained what can really be going on behind closed doors, which mm-hmm. I know many families that have children that are struggling with these challenges, neurodiversity, but I never realized the depth of what some parents have to go to, in yeah. whether it's putting their little photos and things away so the child doesn't harm themselves or mm-hmm. eat something they shouldn't eat or, you know, it is just brilliant what you're doing. Well, I think what what's needed is... <clears throat> First and foremost is to offer support and comfort to another parent or caregiver who is on this journey. One of the things that I remember so often being on the journey was the incredible loneliness I felt because it seemed that no one else in the world was going through what I was going through. And but once I started to connect with other people via support groups, I saw that I wasn't the only one, but I also realized that there are a lot of other parents and caregivers out there that feel that way. And the podcast is to reach out to them and also to um, reach out to the people in their lives so that they can get a better understanding of what their friend or or um, loved one is going through. What they're really, really experiencing. What is really, yeah. And and the compassion and the understanding, if we all become just a little bit more aware, is such a big help to these families. It is such a big help. It is, you know, when if if a mother is in, in, in a restaurant with a child and the child is having a real hard time with all the stimuli in the restaurant, and and the child is is reacting as a result, and if we could look over with at her. with some compassion, with perhaps a, can I help with anything, as opposed to looking over at her and the child with scorn and shaking heads and saying, um, you know, why can't she get a control of her child or whatever. I do an episode called The Face on Shelter Journey, and it's all about the different faces that parents and caregivers of children living with challenges have to see when they're going through stuff with their child. And so often, just compassion 
would be such a beautiful change from from scorn and disgust that we often see. So we are obviously just scratching the surface here, and we just have another minute or so left of this conversation. So again, the podcast, Sheltered Journey, and Janice Wiggins is the host. You have listeners and people contacting you from not only in the U.S., yeah, internationally and Canada. Yeah, we are. We are. <laughs> it's it's a pretty amazing worldwide. You've done good, and I love how you you don't use the word disabilities. You use challenges. So I'm learning. You've already taught me quite a bit. <laughs> well, the the terms are interchangeable for some, but you know we all have to pick what we're comfortable with. Yeah, and that's a beginning. Some of the topics are amazing. The parental guilt and forgiving yourself. My gosh, the mom having to take her phone with her into the bathroom with her when she's showering, when she's going from room to room because if she doesn't have her phone nearby and her child tries to reach her, it can be overwhelming. But Janice will really, really lend some great support. It's Sheltered Journey, and you can go to just shelteredjourney.org and find more information. Janice Wiggins, I thank you so much for joining us on Should Have Listened to My Mother. Thank you, Jackie. And we will be back next week with another episode of Should Have Listened to My Mother. 